If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. I just, like I said, man, I just try to lead by example. I try to do what I can do. I want to be the best player in the National Football League this year, and I prepare like that, and I'm going to continue to play like that. And if he wants to be, you know what I'm saying, the best player, the best rookie in his, in his draft class, which I think he is, him or Devin, um, or Chad, or Luke, uh, you know, Come follow me. You know what I'm saying? That is Josh Allen. Jaguars pass rusher. I'm bullish on Josh. Uh, there's so many things to like about Josh Allen. But now he does have to be productive. And he has to get it done. And this is a big show me year for Josh. I mean, he does all the right things. He says all the right things. He's like, he's really the perfect player for this organization. Now he needs production. I don't know what that means. Like, what is productive enough for Josh Allen in 2022 for the Jags to buy in? I mean, if he gets eight sacks, is that enough for them to go give him a deal? I want him to give him a deal now. Like, I'm buying the stock on Josh Allen. But is that enough? Maybe they just don't. Maybe they're just not sure what they're buying, which version they're buying with this new defensive setup. Well, and that's fair. Well, I'm not, listen, if I was the organization on a lot of different levels, there would be a lot of organizations that would be wait-and-see mode on Josh Allen right now. And that's because, listen, he had 10 and a half sacks, but he was surrounded by good players in that first year. And then he had an injury. And then last year, he was extremely inconsistent. He had the one big game. He had some other moments that probably doesn't show up in the stat column, but he was inconsistent. And, and you thought he was about to take off, and he never really did. Um, and really, nobody did for this football team. So I, I, would, I would hesitate if I was the organization for most teams. But this one needs guys like Josh to be good. They need guys like Josh to be around. Josh is a guy that wants to be here. There have been plenty of guys that have wanted out of here. And so I don't think you just sleep on that. And you don't just say, hey, hey I really want to be here. Okay, here's a blank check. But this is a guy that's very skilled. He's a talented player. That's fair. Now you have to go make the most of it. And so I think they could get a pretty good bargain if they did it early. I said this yesterday on the show. I was more like I was like, man, go get it done. Go get it done. Go get it done a few months ago. Now that as we get closer to the season, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'd probably let it play out now. I don't think the locker room needs you to sign Josh Allen to say, hey, we care about you. We love you. We're turning things around. I think Doug Peterson almost has done enough of that where the Jags don't need to take out their checkbook to showcase that at the moment. And so as it sits, I'd probably let it play out. But if on September like 3rd, they announced a new deal for Josh Allen, I wouldn't be mad at Yeah, I just, I got to wonder how much money you're investing into your linebacker core. Well, yeah, and he is technically in the linebacking group, but he's really a guy that's going to be a sack guy for you and get after the quarterback. Sure, but you, you now have a few of those on that linebacking group. Yeah, and they've invested with a first pick, and they invested with another first-round pick in Caleb on Chase on. So it's not like they haven't invested in the spot. And then if Lloyd pans out in another three years, you're talking about a, a redoing that deal and, and giving him some decent money. 
Yeah, so I, mean, but I think everybody loves Josh. Mm-hmm. Now they just need to see it is my point. Yeah. And what my big question is, what do you need to see? Like, what's the number? Casey, if you get a chance, if, you, if you're not in the weeds back there, pull up, like, last year's sack guys. And I know you got the Miles Garretts and the T.J. Watts and those guys way up. I'm not looking for that. Give me the guys that are between, like, around a dozen sacks. And what are we talking there? Like, what kind, like is Max Crosby just signed a big deal, and I think he was a dozen sack guy. The point being, there's a big difference between eight sacks and 12 sacks. Like a huge, like tens of millions of dollars difference. You ready? Between that, yeah. Aaron Donald, Cameron Jordan, Matthew Judon, Harold Landry all had 12 and a half. Wow, Judon ended up with just 12 and a half. Did he, he must have finished slow, huh? I think he got hurt. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because he was incredible in the beginning, remember? You got a couple guys at 11, Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden. Micah Parsons at 13, and then you're into the Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett scenario. Where are those guys, by the way? Are they 15-plus? Uh, Hendrickson, 14. Bosa, 15.5. Garrett, 16. Robert Quinn, 18.5. Yeah. And then TJ Watt. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere again, right? Quinn yeah. Did. Now, um, to kind of put into perspective, you only had 18 players with 10 or more sacks. Is that it? Yeah. And one of them's named Yannick Ngakwe. And what did he have, 10 or 11? 10. 10. Okay. And see, this is this is why I asked him. Jan's a great example of this. And why I think it's, this conversation really comes down to, like, 8 sacks, 10 sacks, 12 sacks. It, you know, eight, 8 is, like, the minimum. 10 is, like, ah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I can buy with, I can live with that, like, every year. That's cool. Like, he's impacting the locker room. He's impacting other plays. He's not getting home all the time. He's effective against the run. Like, Josh Allen can do all these things and get 10 sacks into double digits. You're probably making some game-changing plays if you're doing that. But then I feel like there's this next, like, payday mark, and that's 12-plus. And honestly, I don't know if I'm right. I just feel in my mind this. Like, 8, 10, 12, I think, has a distinction. And you guys are helping me out with this because – if you say 18 guys were 10 plus or more, I mean 10, 10 or more, like that's not a lot. That's less than one guy on a team, obviously. And so 10's pretty good, <laughs> you know? Like if you can get a 10-sack guy, well, you're doing something not every team is doing. Yeah, 15 guys between eight and nine sacks in the league last year. And so, uh, see, that's, that, so I'm kind of right here. All right, do, the, do me one more favor, if you don't mind, Casey or, or Aaron. At 12 plus, how many? So we got, we got 15 guys between 8 and 9. We have 18, 10 plus, but what's 12 plus? 10. How many? So, okay, so at 10 or 11, there are another 8 guys, and then 10 at 12 plus. Mm-hmm. I like that. So you got, so follow me. I know I'm giving you a lot of numbers, folks, all right? But if you're looking at Josh Allen in 2022 in a payday kind of year, you have 10 players in the National Football League. 10, that's it, that had 12-plus sacks last year. And that includes guys like Aaron Donald and Bosa and, and uh, T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. You had another eight guys at 10 or 11, including a guy like Yannick Ngakwe to throw a name out there. And then you had 15 at 8 and 9. So this is twofold. What it goes back to our conversation yesterday of Trayvon Walker it's tough to get to that eight-sack category. Like, that's pretty good when you do that. If my math's right, there's only 33 of them. 
getting eight or more sacks in the NFL. Yes. But for Josh Allen's sake, the difference in paydays for him from eight and nine sacks to 10 to 11 sacks to 12-plus sacks could be massive, guys. Oh, especially the 12-plus, yeah. I mean, you're reaching an upper tier that very few guys are, uh, are in that rare air. Well, and I'll tell you this, because if I'm his agent, here's what else is going on. I, and I don't have this in front of me, but you'd have a 10-and-a-half sack year. You'd have this monster game against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, and you'd now have a 12-plus sack year to go to the table with. Damn, that's good. And, and what, you, what doesn't show up in all the things I just said is he's probably, as a 25-year-old pass rusher, he's probably at that point like third or fourth on the Jags' all-time list. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at a, at a time, like Jan, I think, is third on the all-time list. And he only played here for four Two, years. Three years, yeah. Three years. Four years. Three years. I think three. So, and Calais is way up there. He only played here for three years. Massive years, though. <laughs> yeah, big years. So, Josh, again, sooner or later, you've got to build with these guys. Those guys have their names etched in the record books. And I'll never forget saying this. I wanted Jan here because you'd have two, you'd have something that nobody else in the NFL had, two really good pass rushers under the age of 25 in Jan and Josh Allen. Well, guess what? They might be able to do that again. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. How old is uh, Josh Allen? When's he going to be 25? If you don't mind uh, looking that up. But you get the idea. Even if he's a shade over 25. And Trayvon Walker, you might be able to have He is 25. Yeah. He's, he's 25. When's his birthday? Does it say right there quickly? July 13th. Oh, so he just turned 25. Happy belated, Josh. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a 25-year-old and like a 22-year-old that you could couple together for the next seemingly five to seven years in Jacksonville at a very productive rate to go along with this franchise quarterback and other pieces. Doesn't that seem like that's happening so much more or less these days? Especially in football, teams building their roster, keeping consistency on there with their players as opposed to swapping out certain positions that aren't considered premium positions anymore? Well, it does because of the cap. You know, you know I mean, so, listen, the bottom line is, I think you pay Josh Allen. You're not paying probably anybody else this offseason. So you pay Josh Allen, let's hope he has a good year. And you got to pay him a lot of money. Well, the time will come when it, you have to pay Trevor and Trayvon Walker in back-to-back years. Let's mm. just say everything goes well. Mm-hmm. Then at that time, you might have to part ways with Josh Allen. Like, you might not be able to keep him. Or you might not be able to keep a guy like ETN if he's performing well. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to make some tough choices. But those are good problems to have. Oh, yeah. Okay? Right now, <laughs> yesterday we were talking about, like, the biggest deal the Jags have ever had. And it's like Nick Foles. And it didn't work out well. <laughs> like, you want the Jags to have to wrestle with the money and the big deals. Because that means guys like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, those kind of players are performing well. The only deals they've had to wrestle with in the past that are huge are guys that are already proven. Calais Campbell, uh, and this year like a Brandon Sheriff. So, I, again, I can't understate. Like, I think this is massive for the Jags going forward how Josh Allen does this year. Am I overestimating it? Like, we think Trevor Lawrence is a big – he is, absolutely. He's the most important part. But I'm telling you, the, the domino effect of Josh Allen being a stud sets this organization up for at least the next three to five years to really take a leap. And I wouldn't sleep on that because he is a bit of a known commodity, whereas you can't just say, it's okay, Brent, if Trayvon Walker. But we don't even know what Trayvon can do. 
So I can't say that here. Like, that's blind faith. We once said that about Caleb on Chason when Jan left. And that's resulted in, like, two sacks. Yeah. So it, I just think it's a fascinating part of the conversation um, is, is where this ends up uh, with Josh Allen. And I'm telling you, some guys you hesitate to pay. Some guys you have no idea, uh, no problem having those guys run to the bank and cash a check. And Josh Allen's going to be one of those guys. But you've got to see a little bit more production. You've got to be able to see more production. Trevor will be that guy. If he produces, Trevor's that guy. It's like, I don't care how much it costs. We'll write you the blank check. We'll give you half the kismet. Like, he's that guy. There are other ones you'll be concerned about. And it doesn't mean they're bad guys. But there are just others that you're concerned about. I'm telling you, Josh Allen's not one of those guys. And, uh, and, and Trevor eventually won't. But they have to be productive and earn it. That's the big caveat in all this. Brent Orton, Aaron Schachter, uh, Casey Kurtz here on a uh, Tuesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We did talk a lot of defense uh, today at uh, Jags camp. Uh, are you guys as eager to see this defense as I am? I think everybody is. I think they want to see the, 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 the covers pulled back. I, wanna, I think they want to look under the hood and see what's going down this season. I think that is one of the biggest question marks besides that wide receiver room you've got on this team. And uh, I think people just can't wait to see people hitting each other. Well, I, I'm going to always compare to the Jets with you, Aaron. And, <laughs> like, how, what the, the, the Jets' defense has some good players. And Robert Sala is a defensive guy. Yeah. So, like, you wouldn't have known that last year, but yeah. Well, no, and that's the thing. They had a lot of work to do, and they, they didn't play well, and they were just weren't very good. But, like, Doug Peterson's an offensive guy. So Doug has to get the offense cooking. I'm not sure there's a ton of pressure on Mike Caldwell. But... It would be a nice element in this, at least this race against the Jets to be better <laughs> or closing the gap to make this defense. Because the bottom line is, if a defense is pretty good, they can keep you in every game. Oh, yeah, especially if you've got a quarterback who's winging it all over the place. So I, I think this defense is really important. I think the defense is actually going to be pretty good. And I will tell you one other thing about this defense. From a Murphy's Law perspective... They have to have more sacks and turnovers than they've had the last couple of years. There are folks in town that tell me, Brent, don't say it can't get worse because it can get worse. <laughs> and it kind of has. And so I hesitate to say it. But, I mean, the numbers are ridiculous on sacks and turnovers the last couple of years. They almost have to be better. And I'll throw one more in there, and my third element here is the run. They'll stop the run. They have to be better. They were better at times last year against the run. They were awful two years ago. But they were better last year, but they still got real leaky at times, including against your Jets, Aaron. Yeah. Where they couldn't stop anybody. It was essentially the only team that the Jets ran on. Yeah, true. And that was even Zach Wilson at like a 50-yarder, right? It's just, uh, I, it's, it's an important component, that, that run defense, because it really does set up the rest of the defense for the Jaguars. Yeah, and so, it, it, well, then well, what happens is if you can stop the run a little bit and dictate their hand, you get third and seven, and that's a dangerous down in the NFL, and then you get sacks and you get turnovers, and boom. You start to unleash those guys on the front, like Josh and Trayvon well, yeah, and all these it, other guys. I mean, there's a logical sense to this, and it does start with stopping the run. But I think you still, in this day and age, you can't just sit there. They're not going to just run on first down, second down. You've got to be pretty dynamic on all downs and be able to defend the pass on all downs because you're going to get that. Um that's really it, though, for the Jags. I mean, stop the run, turnovers, and sacks. And, and I think, you know, we're going to talk about Evan Ingram a little bit. 
and uh, the easy kind of uh, satisfying number statistical year that he might be able to have to say, oh, wow, look at Evan Ingram. He's played here for a year, and he's like already the Fourth best all-time tight end. end right? Yeah, of course. Well, I feel like you're not going to get best all-time out of Mike Caldwell's defense because, again, that 17 defense really good. And over the years, the Jags have had some dynamic defenses in the history of their organization. But relative to the last couple of years, this is an easy lift for Mike Caldwell. They spent money. They invested in the draft. They have way more talent. And their young guys are a little bit older. They've got a guy playing for a contract like Josh Allen, which is always motivating. I mean, he walks into a pretty good situation that he doesn't have to do that much to be like, wow, look what Mike Caldwell did. For a first job as a defensive coordinator, I think it's a fantastic situation for Caldwell. And that's a, that's a tough thing to say, right, because he's coming from Tampa <laughs> where, they're, where they're competing for Super Bowls. Yeah. And he's a linebacker's guy. Like, that's different. Like, it, he wouldn't have the D.C. job, I don't think. Actually, he might have the way it all turned out with Bruce Aarons retiring. Um, and, and it probably should have worked out that way. But I do think being in this situation, he is set up pretty nice for success. And honestly, I think the entire coaching staff is set up to lift. It's a team that's won four games in two years. Like, this is, this is not the hardest job in the NFL because the expectations are not lofty enough to make it hard enough. It is a little bit worrisome, though, when uh, one of your go-tos is the last few years have been really bad. <laughs> Let's. It's not going to be hard to get better. That's a little bit worrisome to me as a fan, as a Jets fan who has said that multiple times and then sunk under the low bar we set the previous year. Well, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I don't do that. That's not the ideal place you want to be, but that's reality. That, that you're not lying. I mean, that's reality. Like this fan base would sign up for seven and ten right now. Oh, right now. We were just, right I was just now. talking to a little big man in the chat on YouTube. Eight and nine. The Jags fan should be elated with oh eight and nine. Gosh. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Line the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> I mean, eight and nine would be knock your socks off good. Seriously, yeah. that'd be, that's really good. That's a substantial step forward, yeah. I mean, eight and nine might, might get second place in the division. You're knocking on the playoffs door at that point. Oh, you're, you're definitely in like that where I want to be, that conversation in December of, hey, if they do this, if they do that. But I'm saying 7 and 10, I think right now people would sign up for because that would be a vast improvement. Yeah. And again, going back to my earlier conversation, I think people are reasonable with their expectations right now. They're not very lofty. So I think it's a very – coaching in the NFL is not easy. Coaching sometimes in the NFL in some spots can be very difficult, including this place at times over the years. This is not one of those years. I think this is a well-set-up coaching gig right now based off expectation alone. Now, I will say this. I remember saying that last year, too, because they were coming off one win, and all we said, hey, Urban, if you win, like, five games, like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. No. And he couldn't do it, and he made it more of a mess. So... I mean, as I sit here and tell you, it's not the hardest thing in the world. It's, it's pretty obvious it's not the easiest thing either. We'll see what they do. Hey, let's uh, go around uh, some of the divisions in the NFL. We're going to start to do this. There's some quick hitters. Speaking of a, a, a division like the AFC East, there's a lot of good things being said about another second-year quarterback with local ties. We'll talk a little Mac Jones and the Patriots when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
Yeah, Miami offered more. Would you have stayed in Kansas City? No, oh, I probably would have been in Kansas City right now. Because, like, like, like I say, dog, I'm all about legacy. I'm all about history. You know, and, you know, Pat, Kelsey, D-Rob, obviously D-Rob in there right now. Um, Nicole, um, all of those guys, like, those are my brothers, you know, outside of football, you know. So, man, I, I always loved those guys. You know, it, it kind of broke my heart, you know, when I had to sign to Miami. But, you know, my mom, she always told me everything happens for a reason. You know, maybe this is something for you to, you know, help more people believe that you are, you know, today's generational wide receiver. Uh. Tyreek Hill with the Miami Dolphins now. And uh, kind of sounds like you wanted to stay in Kansas City, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. You might have liked his chances a little bit better out there. Yeah, Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, and uh, we've got uh, the 4 o'clock hour ongoing. We're going to take a look at the Miami Dolphins and the, and the Patriots and the Jets and the Bills in the AFC East. Who? In just a moment. <laughs> Come on. Come on with the beatings. It hurts. Uh, Tyreek Hill's, you know, it's really been interesting this year is Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, two primetime wide receivers, and what they've had to say about, like, their quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> what they've had to say. Guns to head, videotape, like they're hostages. Please make your quarterbacks feel better. I mean, it seriously is, like, it's odd, isn't it? Yes. Completely, yes. You got you got Tariq Hill talking about Tua like he's the second coming. Like the guy couldn't complete a pass last year. And then you got Devonta Adams calling, you know, Carr a Hall of Famer, which, look, I'm a Carr fan. I know Casey's a believer. He put half his yearly salary on a bet for, for, for him to win the MVP award. But uh, let's slow it down with the Hall of Fame stuff. We're going to get into the uh, Dolphins a little bit more in just a moment. Uh, we are at the uh, Coastal Collegiate Baseball League playoffs. Uh, two more days of the season to go. A lot of local guys uh, that are playing. Gosh, I, I was going to list some of the local guys, but there are a ton. They have five teams. They had four teams in this league last year. They've grown to five here in year two, and it's going to keep growing. So congratulations to the guys uh, that, that have started this, and they're doing a good job. And it's cool because a lot of kids play in uh, – collegiate leagues around the country, but a lot of them have to go places to do it. Well, for some of these guys now, and a lot of them, uh, they get to stay at home and play and try this uh, Coastal Collegiate uh, Baseball League, and Atlantic Coast is the site for uh, today's playoff games, and they host a lot of the games. So uh, a shout-out to some of the high schools as well that have hosted this event. The league continues to grow. Good baseball out here, and so we're hanging out on a Tuesday afternoon. We'll be here with TV as well on CBS 47 and uh, Fox 30 and have some highlights for you tonight on First and 10 Training Camp. Yeah, I'll mix a little baseball in on First and 10 Training Camp later tonight at 11.15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. All right, guys, let's go around the AFC. We want to do this around some divisions and kind of some quick hitters, but this has a local angle to it. Uh, Mac Jones is getting rave reviews. That was a good catch, by the way, if you're watching the video feed. Umbrella <laughs> flew off. Camera just almost went down. I, got I, saw I, your umbrella. I saw your umbrella fly away during a commercial break. Oh, I yeah, was, it did. Yeah. I was laughing very hard. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it. Right after that thing was great. It's unbelievable. Woo. I don't know what's going on. The, the wind, is, it's not that windy. It doesn't even feel windy. All right. Uh, Mac Jones getting rave reviews in New England. Rave reviews to the point where, listen, I'm a Mac fan, but is there a possibility they're, like, overselling Mac? Like, they're talking about things that I think most quarterbacks do. And Bill Belichick doesn't usually, like, talk highly or rave about anybody. 
And apparently the word out of camp this morning was Belichick was raving about Mac Jones. So are they trying to make everybody believe in Mac? I don't know. I thought he did a good enough job of that last year, didn't he? I mean, he certainly overperformed expectations. He did, but I don't know if everybody... And we talk about this a little bit in the offseason and at times with Mac. And again, nothing like negative about Mac. I think we say, I, how good can he be? Is he going to be elite? Right. Is he? Where's his ceiling? And he did a tremendous job last year. But does that mean he just came closer to where his ceiling is and will be as an NFL player in year one? Or will we see this massive growth? like many quarterbacks do, or we'll see just incremental growth because he'll be uh, a little bit better than he was, but not some crazy much better than he was. Like Justin Fields and Trevor have a chance partly because of the way they played, but other parts because of their skill set to like take leaps and bounds over the next couple of years. I don't know if Mac has that, and maybe part of it is just because the starting point was, was ahead of those other guys. Well, you're also on a team like the Patriots that's very specific in scheme versus other teams that maybe build their schemes around these quarterbacks they've drafted. Well, yeah. I mean, the Buffalo game was a great illustration of that. I mean, they can win in a variety of ways. Yeah. And uh, there's certainly not... Mac is not tasked with what Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields are tasked with. But I will say this. I think Glenn asks the key question when it comes to Matt or... He's not asking a question, but he raises a point. Glenn's point is no more Josh McDaniels there to mentor him. And I think that's the biggest question out of New England, more so than will Mac Jones continue to take the step forward, is who's calling plays on offense? Like, where is the offensive brain on the Patriots right now? I think it's fair. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's a curiosity in the AFC East entirely, mm. if you really take a look at it outside of the Jets, because yeah. there's continuity there. But there's a new head coach in Miami. There's a new offensive coordinator in Buffalo. And Josh McDaniels has gone in New England. And did you see, like, I think Belichick, he didn't name an offensive coordinator or a defensive no. coordinator. No, which is a very Bill Belichick thing to do. Ah, yeah, you got to be goofy and reinvent the wheel. And, <laughs> I mean, so these guys are so smart. Really loves himself some Bill Belichick. I mean, it really, it's, it's like a little crazy. But, okay, so let's, so with that said about Mac, guys, some quick thoughts on the New England Patriots. I'm not afraid of the Patriots. Like, I don't think their roster is anything great. They didn't have an unbelievable draft or offseason. They got Bill Belichick. But I think it's time to stop being afraid of the Patriots just because they have Bill Belichick. Agree. They, they, weren't, they weren't intimidating last year. They were a good team. They were efficient. You know, they won games, more games than they lost, but they weren't intimidating. You weren't scared to play the Patriots last year. You, sure, you certainly shouldn't be scared to play them this year. Casey, you're afraid of the Patriots. Never was, but they're still going to be good. Like, I'm not going to discredit them. They're probably going to be a playoff team. What's really interesting is, like, I think the Patriots are like Tiger Woods. Yesterday's Tiger Woods, you were afraid to tee it up and be in the same group or play in front of his group or play behind his group. Now you want to play with Tiger. Yeah, you get the extra TV time. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. And you get an autograph or a picture. Yeah, exactly. And you beat him. <laughs> Put that like, picture up, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't the Patriots feel a little bit like that? They have to. They have to. And it's not just about, you know, play calling on the offense. You know, you've got some other question marks on that team. Like at running back right now, you got James White still recovering from a hip injury, which, by the way, a hip injury for a running back isn't great. No. James White, though, you know. Agreed. And, and you know, a very reliable pass catcher uh, and certainly a guy who can make some special things happen. But 
the team has already shed all of these other pass-catching running backs that they had a glut of over the years, whether it's guys like Rex Burkhead or some of these other guys. So, you know, who's the pass-catching back? Because that was a big tool for Mac Jones last year. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's going to do it all. Like, by the end of the season, Ramondre Stevenson's going to be their starter. I love Damian Harris, but he's going to be their goal-line guy. Stevenson's going to do it all. I, I I believe in their running back. I hear you saying James White was important to Tom Brady, but that Tom Brady's not there anymore. Hasn't been for a couple of years. And so I think the intimidation factor's gone. Listen, uh, you're right. We shouldn't discredit them. I just think they're beatable, and that's going well. I mean, obviously not for the Jags. I mean, they lost 50 to freaking 10 or something last year to them. Yeah, go Jags. But when you scroll down the schedule, like, they play the Lions. They play the Browns. They play the Bears. They play the Jets twice. You know? They play the Vikings. They play the Colts. Like, that's they're gonna they're gonna win games. Yeah, they are gonna win those games, and, and some of those teams will be intimidated by them. How have the Jets done recently against the Patriots? Oh, oh, terrible. Come on, there you go. <laughs> what kind of question is that? So you come out the gate with two wins. You're gonna beat Miami once. There's three. Who else is in that division? The Bills. Uh, the Bills. Just play with the Bills. Oh, stop it. Nah. Bills are like the Bills are way better than the Patriots. Way better. And the Bills are way better than and the Jets. And by the way, and by the way, the Bills, big throwing team, right? The Patriots lost both of their starting. Uh, really high-level corners. That they did. They lost Gilmore and they lost J.C. Jackson. I mean, that is a team who's hurting right now. And let it get wins. windy again and they'll win. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take those Buffalo Bills. And are the Bills as good? I feel like the Bills might be in... They might be set up for a letdown. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Not because the Bills aren't a good team. Because they're a good team. They've got great playmakers on this team. They added to the playmakers on the team. Yeah, they did. On both sides of the ball. Both sides, yep. But, man, such high expectations for a guy who hasn't done it yet. Like yeah, but he kind of feels like he has. Sure, like, he's got great stats. Well, and he did everything he could have done last year. He's kind of like Herbert in that sense, where it's like, what else do you want him to do? That's Tell fair. somebody else to make a play. <laughs> That's fair. You know? I mean, like, he did that. I get. Here's my concern, and we brought this up. How much will the Dable impact be on Josh Allen? Now they, Do we see him take a step back, at least in the first half of the year, where he's finding himself, maybe not in rhythm with, like, I'm, cur- I'm not predicting it. I'm just curious to see, and I think it's a logical possibility for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills coming off this unbelievable year, this unbelievable statistical year. He looks like he's taken step after step after step. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a baby step backwards from Josh Allen in 2022 because of the lack of continuity that he has to now deal with. And therefore, if that were the case, you might see a little bit of a step back by the Bills. I'll agree with you that this is the key point, right? Like, what is the change there? Is there inconsistency for Allen with the changing in coaches? But I think the two questions or the two points you got to ask, because I don't have all the info when it comes to this. Number one, how much of that stuff was uh, Dayball really calling? And oh, I think a lot. I think he was really in command of that okay. offense. And then number yeah. two, I mean, they hired an ex-quarterback to run the offense. So I'm, I think that bodes well if your main guy is a franchise quarterback. But again, to your point, the consistency helps more, I think, than anything else. Casey, you concerned about Josh Allen at all? Not even slightly. Although, first seven games for the Bills, go to L.A., and then you got Tennessee, Miami, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs. Ooh. So it's not going to be – they're going to earn it to start the season, that's for sure. The Bills will struggle if they've got early games in the heat. You know, just like the Dolphins struggle with late games in the in the, in the cold, the Bills will always struggle in the heat. At Miami, well, September 25th. That's a tough one for them. Yeah, yeah. it could be interesting. Like, the um, – do you think the Bills had a target on them last year? 
like to start the year, or did that kind of happen because they were starting to play really well halfway through the year? They were like the number one offense, number one defense. I've, I'm trying to remember. I thought at like, the beginning of the year it was pretty much the Chiefs and everybody else until the Chiefs ended up throwing away two or three games early on, and then everyone was like, well, who's winning it all? Like, uh, we, we got to find a new front runner to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, I'm not saying the Bills, like, surprise people. I'm just, I think it's different now. Now I think they squarely have a target. Like, they might have a bigger target than Kansas City. They have the biggest target of anybody in the league. This year, yes. I agree with that, yes. Just so you know, Brent, all three of us picked the Bills last year to win the division. Okay, but that a rookie quarterback for New England, Miami's still Miami, and the Jets are still the Jets, right? So that doesn't mean we thought they – but we we actually might have picked – I think I might have picked them to go to the Super Bowl, the Bills. So to that point – now you, that you talk about you predictions. Did. You did, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So they were – I just feel like the target's a little different now. Pick especially because Josh Allen has played so well. I picked him to lose in the Super Bowl. So, okay, so the Bills – we think they're going to be good, though, okay? Like, that's the problem. The Bills are good. The Bills are winning that division. Yeah. Because they're better than everybody. Now we take a look at Miami. And this is the team that – did they close the gap on the Bills? Because their roster – in football terms, it's kind of sexy, fellas. I will not hear any of this nonsense on Miami. I refuse. I am shutting my ears, and you guys are doing the radio show by yourself. Casey, you like listening. the roster of the Dolphins? I just called the roster of the Dolphins oh. sexy. Oh, yeah, no, I love it. It's great. I think you got, just speaking of just pure sex appeal, uh, McDaniel at the head coach position, that guy just oozes it. And then... <laughs> And as you look down, just talent after talent. I do like their roster. I think if Mostert's healthy, and then you got Edmonds as well in the running, the receiving back, I like it. Jalen Waddle might be the best receiver in the league. Oh, my God. I like it. Wow. Um, Somebody get Casey some help. He's clearly, clearly on drugs right now. They got some straight-up dudes on defense. Yeah, <laughs> Dolphins Dolphins got a good roster. I tell you, you mentioned Josh Allen, the Bills, and a lot of people jump on the feed on social media. Hello, Bills fans. Maybe we should talk about <laughs> Buffalo more. Brent never uh, went through the table, Bills fans. You all remember that? I did. Never I did, did it. Find me a table. You're a liar. You're a liar. Maybe someday when I retire, I'll do it. Liar. Kind of got out of that one. Uh, yeah. I, you just said there were some – there are some real likable parts of this team on the on the Dolphins. What's interesting now is you go from, like, Mike McDaniels the biggest X factor along with Tua, right? There's tons of questions on this Mike McDaniels hire. Yeah. There's, it, there's a ton of questions on this team. Well, what Tua, are they? Tua's the big question. It all starts with Tua, absolutely. I mean, uh, the guy struggles to hit his receivers on a consistent basis, period. And then you get a guy like Tariq Hill who's going to streak down the field. You don't even know that Tua can get after him. But I think Tua's completion percentage, where was that last year? Like, you can make him safe. If you need to make Tua play safe, you can. And you can make him comfortable. 67.8. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, I, but then when you have to make, I, I think more like if you need a big play, can Tua make it? Sure. If you need a big throw, can he make it? But I think you can protect him, too, where he can, like, what do you do against the Jags, like, in London? Wasn't it something stupid, like 21 out of 25 or something like that? Mm-hmm. He was super efficient. Yeah, like, you can make him efficient, and now you add these guys. I mean, listen, I could throw the pass to Tyreek Hill and probably go one for one for 23 yards. True. Because I threw it to him for a four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, how much are they going to need him to do? How much are they going to ask him to do? Not much. I, They're going to run the ball. I think the big question, guys, with the Dolphins, 
is they go from this like almost defensive, hard nosed kind of uh, gritty Flores team where they seem to pull out some wins and we're starting to learn how to win. So now what's Mike McDaniels? Like, what is he? Genius. Like, can oh you my. feel that? Can you win with genius? Yeah, sure you can. McVay. Can you win with genius? Sex appeal at can the I top. Just, can I just rewind for a second? Uh, because I've now heard this a few times from Casey about the backfield in Miami. Mm-hmm. Why are you so in love with this backfield? How could you not be? Well, you've got Rasheen Mostert, who we've talked about. Uh, Re- um, uh, Raheem Mostert, who yep. we've talked about a bunch of times. And I get it. Skilled guy, right? Came into the league in 2015. Tell me how many seasons he's played 16 or 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 or, or 15 or more games. If I had to guess, or even 12 or more games. If I had to guess, zero. The, the answer is one. He was one year. Huh. 2019, he played 16 games, but he hasn't played over 12 games outside of that. And outside of that 11 game season, I don't think he's played more than eight games. So yeah, you, I mean, you can't talk about the guy like it's going to be a thing that he's going to be on the field. He hasn't proved it. Sure, yet. I can. So then they got Chase Edmonds, who you told me last week wasn't worth playing. In fantasy, maybe. And then Sony Michelle, who's never really done any. Granted, it's been with the Patriots and the, and the Rams, who aren't exactly run-first teams. But uh, Sony Michelle hasn't necessarily proved anything. I just don't understand with where the love in the backfield of Miami comes from. I get it. You want to love Watt? Fine. And I get it. Tariq Hill has earned your flowers. Okay, fine. Tua certainly has not. Okay, what you failed to mention in that all those injury years that you brought up about Mostert, Average per carry that year he was healthy, 5.6. Very talented. Very talented back. And, by the way, that year he was healthy with that big average, he was also on a San Francisco team that was very much run first, run only, essentially, with three big-time backs and, 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 and very high-level offensive plays being called by that Shanahan group over there. My head coach over at the Jets came from that team, and, 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 and he talks about that kind of offense all the time. So I get it. I, I get how it's set up to be good numbers for Raheem Mostert, but it's just... I don't see it. I don't see him being on the field. All right. Uh, two big questions, and then we got to get out of here for a break. Uh, does anybody unseat the Bills in the AFC East? No. Okay. Uh, Casey? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Now, the real question that we have up on the degenerate gambling board, will the Dolphins be a last-place AFC East team? Well, no. Well, that's what I was going to get in. My last question was, can the Jets get out of the basement? You better Ooh. believe it. Yeah. Yes. But how? I mean, no. seriously, Miami should be really, like, Miami should be the second-place team, and, and you're picking the Jets over New England? No, I think New England is second place in that division. I think the Jets are third, and I think Miami is dead last. Wow. I think that team will struggle this year, for sure. Wow. I think the Tariq Hill experiment will not go well. I think they bail onto it after the year. I think it's downhill from here. I wow. think Flores was probably the best coach that franchise was going to see for a very very long time. Casey, Miami goes second place or ba- or third place or basement? <laughs> uh, second. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, man. I kind of agree, and I just don't see New England in the basement. This is why when you parallel the Jags and Jets, the Jags have a path. That AFC South, yeah. easily you get them out of the basement. Like, I think everybody around the league would pick the Jags out of the basement. And so, like... It's hard to do that in the, for the Jets. All of a sudden, this league, like this division that the Patriots beat up on for like 15 years, is getting pretty damn competitive. A little bit. And so it's hard to catch up. Jags are in a much better position coming out of the, you know, the ground, if you will, uh, than the Jets are. Yeah. Because you can dig out of the AFC South. Now you're looking at David Mills in front of you. You What's might the be in deal? a sinkhole in the AFC East. <laughs>
We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Everybody wants to play with Tom Brady, including this latest guy. We'll tell you who coming up next. Couple minutes to go in the four o'clock hour. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martino not sitting in his chair. And shout out to the good people at Action News Jacks for taking Brent's live shot out and putting in this lovely view of looks like nothing. a sub, an energy substation. Yeah, listen, I don't work in TV anymore, so I'm not you know going to give him the props Brent does. But uh, here we'll give you we'll give you a look yeah, at just it. Just throw on it the up on the stream. Look at that. If you want to look at it, you look can go that. ahead and, and check it look out. Look at that. Whole bunch of nothing. It's not nothing. It powers your house, man. What a disaster. Hey, but good news. They do have a still frame of Mike Burrish up in the other two. So you know, Mike Burrish is a very handsome guy. I'm okay with this. They didn't take those two that had nothing going on, but they took the one that had something going on. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Brent, I don't know if you're there or not, because I can't hear from you. We're going to turn Brent on and see if he's there. Brent, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Listen. there we go. Okay. What did they do? They took something from us? They took you. What are they doing? The TV station did? Yeah. What are we seeing instead? Some idiotic nothing. It's like a JEA substation we're looking at. Yeah. My gosh. I mean, come on, people. Yeah. I'll text them right now. <laughs> so, anyway, what I was going to talk about was I went to the vending machine in the uh, break. And I apparently hit the wrong buttons, and I oh. ended up with a ginger ale. Oh, yuck. But I tried to pick orange soda. Ginger ale is, like, universally understood as the soda you drink when you got a tummy ache. Yes. Yeah, when you're sick, yeah. So my question is, like, I can't get a refund. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. Now, I have a ginger ale. Correct. Should I drink it? Is it good? I never had ginger ale, I don't think. I say hold on to it for a bit, and then in a couple of months, take it with you to Miami into the stadium, and then you could throw it onto the field while everybody else is throwing their stuff onto the field because the, the Dolphins are playing that bad. I'm just going to drink it. <laughs> or, you, or you could drink it. That's fine. Hey, we only got like a minute, but guess what I did today on the way over? 45 seconds. Got gas. Congrats. And bought five more lottery tickets oh, for tonight. going to be a billionaire, are you? Why do, we buy lo- why do I only buy lottery tickets when it's at like this crazy threshold? Like $20 million to start isn't enough? Is that Robert Grant? <laughs> I like, think well, twenty million is more than enough. But like, why do we do that? Are we just like, is that, a, is it almost like a fear of missing out thing? I think everyone's got the line. The line where stupidity doesn't equal how much happiness you'll have should something happen. Yeah, like honestly, I don't want that kind of money. Like, I don't want five hundred million. I mean, if you win it, I'll take it, bud. I'll do. I, I'll I do you the would, favor. I think it creates a lot of problems. I'll solve those problems for you, man. No, you won't. You won't. I will. You'll create more of your own problems. I will literally just live on a Disney cruise. <laughs> I, will, I will be your manservant. I will, <laughs> I will do whatever you need me to do. If you're winning close to a billion and you cut me off like a, a, a 150 million, I'll do whatever you need me to do, bud. Ginger ale's not that good. Hey, is that Robert Grant? Take, is taking yeah. our live shot. Hey, yeah. he's part of the show now. Hey, What's up, Robert? Hey, Rob. How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, don't, don't. Change the slate. I'm going to te- uh, tweet at Robert <laughs> just so he knows he's on. Okay. Don't pick your nose, Robert. Cool. Oh, how funny would that be? We'll <laughs> <laughs> be back. Football at 5, my conversation with Evan Ingram. When we come back on ESPN 690.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 